Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jean is a shy woman, lives at her home with her uninhibited bartender mother and works the graveyard shift as a cleaner at an amusement park. Her mother wants her to meet a man. Well, Jean prefers tinkering in her bedroom with wires and lights and spare parts, creating miniature versions of theme park rides. During her late night shifts, she begins spending an, a lot of time with an alluring tilt-a-whirl that she decides to call Jumbo, finding herself seduced by his lights, smooth chrome, and oily hydraulics. Jean concludes that this thrilling new relationship she wants to pursue is with Jumbo. The film is called Jumbo. We're joined today by the director of this. It is a remarkable film, so many different levels. And the director and writer of the film is Zoe Wittock. Zoe, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an interesting premise to the film. And I read a little bit about where it came from, but I, it's such a fascinating idea. Tell us a little more or tell us about where this came from. Well, this actually came quite randomly, I guess, into my life. I was just browsing on the internet when I saw this big title, you know, which you are called upon to click, click, click. And it said, women married the Eiffel Tower. And I was like, what the hell? How would someone do that? And why would someone do that? You know, because it's one thing to fall in love with the Eiffel Tower, but it's another thing to marry the Eiffel Tower and make it known to the whole world, you know? So I was like, why would someone do that? And it just sort of stuck with me and I debated the idea and the notion of it with friends and realized it was creating so many emotions in people and it was creating so many debate that the, the idea really kind of stuck with me and, and I felt compelled to call Erica Eiffel just so that I could understand, you know, who, who she really was and, and the reasoning behind such an act and, and how do you get to there, you know? And, and when I, ha when I talked to her the first time and just, she was a little bit more reluctant, but the more I talked to her over the, the various phone calls, the more I realized how normal she was, you know? And I, I was really expecting more of, you know, someone on the spectrum or a little bit freaky or weird, you know, of course she's a little different than this, but really not that much more. And she pays her taxes and has a very quiet life and a very normal life, aside from the fact that she visits the Eiffel Tower and is madly in love with it. So I was like, okay, crazy. And whenever I was trying to challenge her story, she would always bring it back to me that this was just a love story. And I guess, you know, slowly it became more of a story in my head when I started thinking about it as a love story. That's when Jumbo, I think, really started coming to life. And more specifically, when I realized that I could make it about something else in the Eiffel Tower, because it's a very beautiful object, but very static object. So I was like, what am I going to do with that in films instead of a documentary? I am making cinema and not a, a doc. So when I had the idea of making it into a theme park ride and, and using that as the main object, it just became obvious that I really had a complicated film, yet very original film that I became very excited about, you know, because the ride, whether you're Erica Eiffel or you're someone else or you're me or you, anybody will have a memory on the ride with 
a very strong emotional response attached to it, whether it's an obsession, a laughter, a joy, excitement, fear, anxiety. It's going to be feelings that you're going to have with a ride. And when you went into a theme park ride, it's also a very nostalgic moment of childhood usually. So I realized that it would make the story more universal to tell it, you know, with that kind of object. And, and yeah, and then it just slowly became what it is today. You know, the, the interesting thing about using this particular uh, amusement park ride and, and others like it is when you're on one of those rides, you really have to completely give yourself over to it. You have, by the fact, the, the act of getting on it, strapping yourself in, and allowing yourself to be completely at its at yeah. its mercy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you're an adult doing it, because we, the more we grow into adults, the more prude we become, obviously, you know, compared to who we were as children. Um, and I just feel like when you go on a ride, it's one of those moments that you really just allow yourselves to be a near human being and not a product of society because it's so strong that you can't do anything else but just let go like you were saying exactly. you have to just let the ride do the work and for yourself to let yourself feel whatever it's giving you you know so it just yeah it, it just made sense you know yes well there you go and, and that's one of the things in the film with jean we you introduce a kind of a, a context for sex sexual sexuality, especially her mom, who is a free spirit, who enjoys life in many different ways. <laughs> and, and with John, it's, uh, it's not so much, it, it's uh, even, though, even though visually we're sort of introduced to her sexuality, if you will, with her, she herself is reticent. She's, she is searching. She is in the midst of that part of her life where she doesn't know what she wants. Is that, I mean, is that a fair characterization? Yeah, absolutely. I think What's so interesting with Jeanne is that she obviously has a very strange example of sexuality and gender with her mother, who's a little extreme, but obviously suffering as well from past relationships and trying to impose something on her daughter. And the interesting about Jeanne is that she seems like a very fragile sort of lost character, very much the shadow of her mother kind of behind her. But the more you get to know her in the film and the more she gets to know Jumbo in the film, the more you realize how strong she is and how strong she's always been. It was just a matter of finding that sort of button that was going to let her blossom. And, and I really love that about the character. And that's something that we worked on a lot with Noemi, whether it was with her physicality, the language, or, or when we talked about her dialogue in the film or the, the, way, to, the way she had to move and, and be moved. It was that idea that Jan is very strong and very fragile at the same time, cold by her dreams and the mood, and at the same time, very grounded in a tough, you know, more dramatic world. So it's like finding that balance of the character and, and seeing that character her one direction or another was really fun to explore with Noemi Malon in the work on her character. You know, the thing, I hope it comes out as I intended to, but I was a big fan of the TV series from the early, late 50s, early 60s called The Twilight Zone. One of the things I really enjoyed about it, one of the things that it did for me was introduce me into ways of thinking about things differently. Right. Absolutely. And in some ways, this is this film feels like that that you very much in that spirit of the Twilight Zone, where once you accept the premise, 
mm-hmm. of the film and of in this case the I mean in the TV series and in this case the film you're again sort of in the same way the amusement park you're all in you have you have allowed this to be able to take you wherever it chooses to take you right yes i think that's you know that's something you never really understand why you get obsessed about one idea of one story rather than another but looking back at it i, I really do think that that was one of the reasons why i just that story really just stuck with me because it was pushing so many boundaries, not only in terms of filmmaking and the way that you tell a story, which is neither completely realistic, neither completely surrealistic. So finding that balance of poetic realism, you know, uh, of magic realism, finding that balance was really exciting as a filmmaker. But if you're thinking about, you know, what the film is talking about and, and, and where it's taking you is both in the form and the, the subject matter, it pushes you to think further. It just like, gives you an extreme version of a love story, a very original love story, but told in a very classical way because this is the same piece as any love story, but with a very original character. And because it's grounding you both in something that you already know, but then taking it to the extreme, it just, it pushes you to question what you already know. And that's one thing that I love so much about this film. It's, you know, going that extra step and, I really wanted to make sure that the people were not really asking that many questions in the film, that they were feeling the film so that they would accept the premise. But then I was really happy to think that, okay, once the, you know, it cuts to black at the end, you're like turning to your neighbor and be like, I need to talk about this. How do you feel about this? You know, and that's what I was really excited about because that means that the movie is pushing the debate on a specific subject matter without necessarily giving the answer, but at least pushing the debate. And at the end of the day, it's very grounded. The story is very grounded. It's about yeah. people, you know, the relationships between mom and daughter, relationships with others, finding your way, all those things. Very much a grounded film in that regard. And visually, it's beautiful. I, I really, you know, the use of the of the jumbo, uh, you really get a lot out of that. Yeah, I just I, I just had such a good time with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't get let you get away without uh, talking a, a lot about uh Naomi Merlon. Of course, and, yes. And uh, she's fantastic. I, 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 Because this is a role in which she has got to navigate depression, anger, ecstasy, and the full range in terms of her character. Talk about casting her. How did you come uh, to know her? And then what, what were you asking of her in her performance? What did you get from her that you really, really wanted? Yeah, well... I guess you could start with the casting process. When I first started Jumbo, Noemi Merlin, she obviously hadn't, I mean, she'd done some movies, but more, more like secondary roles. And she wasn't very known in the industry yet, or at least I didn't know her. So it was a friend of mine talking to me about her that sort of raised my attention on her. And she was one of the first girls that came into the casting call, but she gave a very unique performance and which really stuck with me. But I thought at the time that she was too beautiful and too strong-minded for the role and that I needed a, a quieter, slightly more fragile Jeanne. And I was really struggling with that idea. So I did not call her back right away. You know, and then I ended up casting so many other girls, like 100, 150 girls and calling those back. And, you know, they were doing great performances and, and you know, I, I really discovered many great talents. But I was not finding the right one. And the more you cast, the more you actually discover your character in a different way because you're seeing, you're seeing right, people right. embody it. And suddenly you realize, oh no, 
the, if the role is more this than this and more that than that. And at some point I was getting frustrated and I was like, I, I must have seen the girl. I've seen so many girls. She must have been already there. I'm just not seeing it. And I just went back and, and immediately knowing his name came back. And I actually called her myself and I was like, listen, I'm really sorry. I've made a mistake. I really would love to call you back on this film and see if you would agree to try it out with me one more time. And I just gave her a few notes and she came back into the room and she just blew me away and she just made me cry, which, you know, after seeing the same scenes over and over again, to have an actress get you to cry and surprise you was extraordinary. It was obviously her. And then I guess when we started prepping the role, the thing that I loved the most about Noemi as an actress is that she's fearless. So she's one of the most courageous actresses that I know and that I've had the pleasure of working with. She will always say yes to everything that you try. And so you get to go full left, full right, full left, um, and go in every direction. And that's in preparation of the role, but also on set, even though you, in the preparation, we really focused on finding the physicality of the character and finding the way that she talked and the way that she reacted to things. And then on set, we would get one or two takes and get sort of the safety takes. And then we'd be like, let's just try some things, you know, which was great because then it allowed us in the editing room to sometimes play with the tone and be like, oh, let's go a little bit more comedic. Let's stay dramatic there. And because we had different takes and very, like really very different takes, we could really play with it. And I love that Noemi trusted me with that work because obviously actors are always afraid of what's happening in the editing room. And sometimes they just want to stay on the one interpretation that they have. And Noemi is something that fully, someone that fully trusts, you know, the director and really just goes for it and is fearless. And you have to, I mean, she's making love to a machine in the film. You have to be fearless, right? Right. Well, I know she had a background as a film director as well, right? She had done a couple uh, her own. Um, I guess when I casted her, no, but right after I casted her, she did her first short film as a director, which was like a uh, Nikon, Nikon, Nikon film, festival okay. film, which is like a two, three minute film. And it was really great. And now she's really moved on. Well, she's still acting a lot, but she's really pursuing the directing uh, career as well. So she's done another short with uh, Anaïs Bertrand, who produced Jumbo. They did a short film together that Noemi directed. And I think she's directing her first feature now. So she's gotten to blossom as a director as well as an actress. The little bird is flown. Exactly. <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, the film is wonderful. The film is called Jumbo. And we've uh, it's been our honor to have the writer and director of Jumbo. And that would be Zoe Wittock. And uh, thank you so very much for your time today. And I hope you'll come back someday when there's a new project in the works. Yeah. And uh, Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 